This show is a part of the Versus the Universe Network. For more information on Versus the Universe, go to VersusTheUniverse.com. That's VSTheUniverse.com. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Hey everyone, and welcome to Digital Dumpster Diving, where we dig through digital games and movies trying to find something worth our time and maybe yours. Will we find trash or treasure? I'm Dave Martin, and with me as always is Matt Peters. How are things going for you, Matt? I'm tired. I mean, I'm great. Things are awesome. (laughs) You know, I don't even know how you're still standing. Like, I've been just trying to keep track. Like, it's exhausting keeping track of everything you're doing this month with Cast Today and with everything else you have going on. I'm exhausted just following it, and I'm not even doing it. (laughs) Well, I appreciate folks who are following along with Cast Today over on since last we spoke. I'm having fun doing it. I get to talk to new and exciting people every day and catch up with people who I normally don't get to catch up with. So, you know, just the, the variety does keep it interesting. It's it's definitely taking a toll in other areas. For instance, I always do my notes for our show on uh, Google Keep, and there are quite a few lines in here where I started a thought, and it'll just be my finger resting on like the L button or something like that as I drift <laughs> off. So if I just start saying, ah, I'm not having a stroke, I'm just reading what was on my screen. <laughs> I don't know if it was intentional or not, but one of the cool things about Cast Today this time around is, in addition to some really cool interviews and people you're talking with that are good to listen to anyway, I'm relatively new to the Chicago area, and I'm not in the city proper, so there's a lot of a lot of things that I just don't know about. And you've been talking about a lot of really cool things to do and to see in the Chicago area, which, you know, for a person like me who I just don't get out nearly enough, um, has given me quite a few new things that I want to go see. That's actually cool. I'm glad you brought that up. And that's that's actually more of a result of the switch from GCPD, which was focused on gaming and comic books and that sort of thing, since last we spoke, which focuses on gaming and comics, but more specifically in the Chicago area. <laughs> so since last we spoke is my my own show that I do and I try to have a guest on every time and I try to do a vernacular segment for every episode. And I just try to highlight cool people in Chicago that I've wanted to talk to and are doing interesting things. So yeah, so folks like you who are a little bit newer to the area can check it out. And it gives me an excuse to go and explore my own city. Like, you know, the amount of people that have never actually been into the Willis Tower on the top floor, you know, that sort of thing. They've never been to Grant Park. They've never seen the Bean up close. Just all the touristy stuff that you think is like, you know, below you. But it's still cool to experience it just one time. You know, if people are making trips and you're in the area, you might as well well take 15 minutes and go see it. Exactly. So, yeah, just listen to me for about 20 minutes a day and I'll tell you what you should be checking out. Possibly. More than likely, (laughs) yeah. Well, and even if you're not in the area, there is there are some really cool interviews, a lot of uh, content that's available pretty much everywhere. So uh, definitely good to listen to. Thanks, man. But, uh, yeah, man, let's talk about some... um, some sketchy movies now. <laughs> I was trying to stall as long as I could. <laughs> it was a valiant effort, sir. <laughs> so this time around, we are talking about 
the sci-fi movie Rocket XM. Uh, Rocket Ship XM, rather. See, I'm already trying to forget it. So, before we even start with the description of the film, I do want to apologize to our, to our listeners. Between the last time that we recorded, since last we spoke, and now... Uh, Rocket Ship XM has expired on Amazon uh, Prime Video. The good thing about this movie, since it was made in 1950, is it's public domain, basically. So you can find it on archive.org, and it's completely there. It's completely legal to check out. Um, there's also, and I'm kind of jumping ahead. I'm sure we might want to talk about this later, too. But Mystery Science Theater uh, actually did a, an episode where they watched it, too. So... <laughs> Yeah, I think it's like season two or something like that. But yeah, check that out. Well, before we even get started on the discussion, let me do the description of the film. It's a little long, so folks, sit down, you know, brace yourselves. It's going to take a while. This is coming directly from imdb.com. An astronaut crew on their way to the moon are unexpectedly propelled by gravitational forces and end up on Mars instead. Dope. That's all they got. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean that does tie back into what you were saying just a moment ago like this is one of the original sci-fi films from this era it just kind of kicked off that whole you know a uh, big kind of i don't want to say space opera but you know just that that space exploration thing it was like the new frontier literally so yeah it, it, it definitely had its own vibe to it you know, I'm not sure how to phrase phrase it as well, but it also started in a lot of ways, you know, maybe it didn't start, I'm sure it existed before this, but after the war, there was a lot of, for lack of a better term, hand-wringing about where we were going as a society, especially focusing on, you know, nuclear technology and nuclear weaponry. Yeah. This is the oldest thing that I'm aware of that really directly deals with that. Now, there there are others that do as well. The Day the Earth Stood Still is pretty old as well, but I think that was after this. Through the 50s and 60s, there were several nuclear-themed... But I'm getting ahead of ourselves. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, did you enjoy the film? Ah, uh, well, I enjoy almost everything I watch, whether or not it's good... Um, so I guess in that vein, yeah, it wasn't the worst hour and a half or two hours I've spent, but I, I didn't enjoy it as much as I was hoping to. Yeah, same here. I, I feel like it's like, you know, you go back and you play one of those old video games, you kind of remember it in the haze of, uh, nostalgia in a way. And those films from back then, they always kind of seem like they were pretty much the straightforward, but better than some of the complicated stuff that we have now. For those of you who may be new to the show, we have a four-point rating scale. If something is absolutely garbage, there's nothing of quality to it. We'll call it a toxic sludge. If there are a few decent points about it, but it just mostly misses the mark, we'll call it hazardous. Something that's pretty good, uh, we'll call it reusable. And if we can find some free content that is just a diamond in the rough, something that's really enjoyable quality content... At the low, low price of free ninety nine. Ah, callback. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> we will give it a treasure. Very cool. So, since you went ahead and broke that down, I guess I will throw my rating out there first. And it's it's something that I'm wasting time because I don't know what I want to give it yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll I'll jump in a little bit. Okay. Uh, give you give you a moment to think. I've watched a lot of old sci fi, and some of it ages well, some of it doesn't. This didn't really have a lot to think about, so I'm not sure that I'd even necessarily call it so much, you know, sci-fi in the very imaginative sense. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there, there wasn't a lot of creativity along that. 
the science was bad, and I know it was 1950, they hadn't actually really done a whole lot with space, and common knowledge wasn't what it is today. Uh, it, it, it wanted to do more than it actually accomplished in a lot of areas, and we'll hit on that in spoiler section. I wanted to like this. I'm going to give it a hazardous. Okay, okay. I can understand why. I wanted to kind of just go with the flow with this film and just kind of like tune out and just let it wash over me or whatever. Because of the historical significance of it, mostly because of that, I'm going to give it a reusable. I feel like without this laying the groundwork, you know, the, the whole genre probably would have been different than what it was for so many years. You know, I want to say all, almost leading all the way up to Mars Attacks, which is making fun of the genre. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just it just hit all those notes just the right way. And I, this isn't a spoiler for the film or anything, but it turns out that this movie, uh, the, the, the soundtrack was actually the first time in a sci-fi film where they used that that creepy sounding instrument, the theremin, in the score. And it, it just kind of set the precedent in every sci-fi movie after that. And every like, you know, riff on a sci-fi film that you had to hear that spooky, you know, theremin sound whenever they went to an alien planet. <laughs> <laughs> so that was cool. That was cool that I got to see that historical moment. So yeah, I mean just for stuff like that, I would give it a reusable. I can kind of see that. It's as you said though, it's hard to go sometimes it's hard to go back. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. That's why you should never pick up the phone when your ex is called. <laughs> <laughs> well played. You know what? In fact, change all your ex's ringtones to theremins. That way you know. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to ever revisit that. That's, yeah, no, don't do it. Don't do it. No, I know you have to find some uh, theremin MP3s to hang <laughs> on my phone. <laughs> I highly recommend it. <laughs> All right, so now that we've gotten the ratings out of the way, it's spoiler territory, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to get into the nitty-gritty of this 1950s sci-fi classic. Mm-hmm. So let's start out by talking about the sheer amount of just blatant, blatant, just like mansplaining and <laughs> misogyny in this film. <laughs> there was one woman. And she took the brunt of every single dude's ego being bruised <laughs> every single time. And there's, there's points in the film where um, she just has this look on her face. <laughs> like, Jesus, <laughs> what did I sign up for? <laughs> well, and you know, it, it's hard to tell with, if she was like, what did I sign up for as an astronaut character in this movie? Or what did I sign up as an actress being in this movie? <laughs> right, right. There's, there's a moment specifically at the beginning when they're talking, uh, they're interviewing all the, the astronauts and all the people on the, uh, on the team, right? And they're going down the line and everybody gets to have this little witty response and everything and it's so cool and, you know, just establishing their characters and all. And so finally we get to the point where um, Dr. Van Horn, I believe her name is, she's being interviewed. Uh, yeah, Lisa Van Horn. So she's being interviewed and they ask her, what does it feel like to be the only woman on this uh, space exploration mission? And I swear, a dude from off screen goes, hold on, I'll answer this for you. And he just steps forward <laughs> and talks to the reporter right in front of her without letting her get a word in. I'm like, first of all, that was her question. Secondly, this is why. <laughs> no other women wanted to be on this mission with y'all because y'all suck. <laughs> 
this is kind of what I was alluding to earlier. This is one of the aspects. So it, it felt like they were almost trying to be progressive with the treatment of women because there was a health check before that. And yeah. it was commented that, you know, the weaker sex, she's the only one whose blood pressure was normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... So the guy who was mansplaining and, and answered for her did say that she was eminently qualified because she was the one who developed the formula for the fuel to make the mission possible. But you're right. He, he did not give her a chance to answer. And that was – you can't call that a high point, but that was the high point of how she was treated in the movie. Pretty much. Pretty much, man. I mean – there was there was a point later where something happened and they had to, they either, they had to either go with her estimates which supposedly she's brilliant or this mm-hmm. other guy's estimates and he said no we're going with mine and we're only going to calculate for one for this one we're not going to acknowledge yours she says can't we do both where's your i mean you could be condemning the rest of these men to death she wasn't being overly emotional right Right, and but he goes, a, yeah, he said something along up, the lines woman. of, "Oh, it was so <laughs> it bad." Was, <laughs> I mean, it, it was actually worse than "shut up, woman." He's like, oh, "She, she apologized." I don't know why she apologized. She had nothing to apologize for, and he said, "What are you sorry for? For being a woman? It's completely understandable." Gosh, <laughs> dude. Yeah, yeah. He wow, just wow. <laughs> it was awful. <laughs> he basically accused her of being in her emotions about what was going on. <laughs> yeah, I'm in my emotions. We're going to die. How about that? Yes, I'm a little emotional right now because we're <laughs> going to die because you can't do math as well as I can. Come on. And, and because you're not even acknowledging the fact that, hey, this is a really long trip. Maybe we could do a second calculation over the course of many, many days. We'll be on this trip. <laughs> no, I man. got the time, sir. I got the time. They had to look out the window. They didn't have time, man. They didn't have any time at all. <laughs> Is this your women's intuition again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just kept throwing it at her. It was that was the theme of the movie right there. Just, you know, hey, let's mess with Dr. Van Horn. That was it. <laughs> so yeah, in between all the all the sci-fi stuff, all the groundbreaking stuff, it was just like digging that ditch deeper and deeper. <laughs> and I almost feel like you know when they when they were writing the script or whatever they felt like okay we're going to keep pushing her down to make her seem like a sympathetic character and then at the end when she finally does you know survive when the others don't you know it's going to make it seem like okay hey she was right after all but no at the end everybody died <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't be spoiling what happened in 67 year old movies matt that's right yeah, my apologies. Spoiler <laughs> warning if you were saving that one. Somebody's granddad is listening to this right now. Like, I was going to watch that. Darn it. Come on. <laughs> you know what What else kind of like entertained me a little bit too? And this is something that I hadn't really noticed uh, in my media until like Breaking Bad or something like that. Like when they <laughs> were ultimately thrown off course from the moon and ended up on Mars. Oops. Yeah, because, you know, it's just you, you miss that left turn. It's just you got to go back around the block again. And they weren't doing that. They had to go to Mars, landed on Mars. But what was cool was it went from black and white to sepia tone. And I don't know if that was a, a, a choice or if maybe it was the um, the cut that I was watching that decided to kind of take liberties with that. But 
I thought that was neat that they tried to differentiate. All right, no, this is not Earth. This is uh, this is Mars. Look how dusty it is. Look how brown it is. Obviously, it's another planet. And of course, that wonderful theremin in the background the whole time. <laughs> well, I'm not sure if this was in the picture that I posted um, on social media for it, but one of the covers mentions that there were scenes in sepia tone. Oh, cool. Okay, so that was that was on purpose. Okay. Yes. Neat. Or they claimed it was afterwards, after someone <laughs> screwed up in Somebody in just spilled coffee on the, on, the, on the cut, and they're just like, yeah, let's just make it a feature. It's not a glitch. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of cool. I mean, there were limitations with that, with what they could do with color for costs, but that was that was creative. I'm, I'm going to jump back a little bit. I know that we're in the 21st century now, and I've been spoiled on astronaut movies my whole life. Yes. But it's so weird that first... Hey, we've got a rocket launch. We're doing the countdown. They're launching off in 10 minutes. And hey, they're all in a press conference right here. <laughs> and not just that, once they're in the rocket, there are no seats. Right. I mean, sure, gravitational forces and extreme G-forces and all this would have a tremendous effect, but we can't give them seats. And it actually played a role in the movie. It caused problems. Of course, you know, because <laughs> when you're taking all those calculations into consideration and everything like that, you got to understand, it's, it's, it's a pseudoscience. So you have to be very particular with the amount of BS that you spew in a film like this. Because <laughs> if you don't spew the right amount of BS, someone's going to find a flaw in your logic, much like Dr. Van Horn. <laughs> with that mighty frown i mean it was just it was great it was great it was it was kind of funny though because it was like there were some things that they did know and they kind of had right um so when they were on mars they had they were taking radiation readings but it was funny because like there's a strong field of radiation over there let's go digging it with our bare hands <laughs> oh yeah all that stuff you know they didn't have actual spacesuits they just had like kind of gas mask looking things on and the guy's still rocking a leather jacket it felt very pulpy to me you know it's very very much of a pulp fiction kind of thing those covers that you see on those on those novels from back in the day it's like all right this guy's definitely not dressed to be in outer space with the pressure being what it is. But maybe in 1950, they were just like, screw it, man. People really don't know that much about the uh, the air pressure on Mars yet. We're just going to let it fly. Yeah, leather jacket is fine. It's cool. Don't worry about it. Well, and sometimes I wonder, like, I don't know what kind of budget they have, but I know sometimes in movies that that's an issue. And also, um, you don't want to cover up people's faces. You know, we, we reviewed ARC before. Yeah. And... There was some cool stuff in that movie, but one of the things that really bothered me, and I know why they did it, but they had these these masks for our two main protagonists. Anyway, there was lighting inside the masks, mm. which helps you see the characters' faces and facial reactions, which is incredibly important in a movie. Yes. But you would never actually put lights in a mask. No. And so sometimes I wonder if in a movie like this, like they showed pressure suits. Well, they showed a guy have a bundle in his hands. Mm. So, oh, you won't need that. So I kind of wonder if it's either A, they didn't have the budget for it, or B, they just didn't want to throw the viewer for a loop. They wanted to show as much humanity and as much emotion as possible, and so they just made a decision. I don't know. I'll kind of give them a slide on that, but... 
Yeah, yeah, I can I can agree with you on that as far as that goes because you do you are going for a stylistic choice. So, and I totally I, I can totally get with that. I even even stuff now uh, like Valerian, I've seen previews for that. You know, they're jumping around in space. They don't have any type of spacesuit on, so they weren't going for a hundred percent authenticity. Um, hence the uh, the Martians that we haven't even really brought up yet. <laughs> Just looking up like scarred up people, which was really sucky. <laughs> Just scarred up people throwing rocks at them. Like, just just go back home. Just go back home. I know if people are throwing rocks at me. I'm not sticking around. Maybe they're friendly rocks. Maybe it's like, hey, we love you. Have, have, here's, our, here's our welcome gift. Those are welcome rocks? Is that what you're saying? In the head. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, I mean, just, they didn't look like they had anything else to give. I mean, you work with what you have. That's true. It was just a miscommunication that whole time. <laughs> That's why they were chasing the, hey, come back. We have more rocks for you. <laughs> Look at all these rocks. Guys, come on. You can't just leave these rocks <laughs> on the ground. Come on. Take them back to Earth with you. <laughs> these are gift rocks, man. So, yeah, ultimately, it was something to be watched. It's not that long a movie, so I can't really say, yeah, it was a waste of time. It was like an hour and change. So, that's the other thing. At the end of the film, it kind of felt like they just ran out of film. And they're like, all right, it's done. <laughs> we're finished. Well, and it was funny. Okay, so yeah, runtime is seventy-seven minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of funny because they were talking about so bad things happen. They're trying to send a transmission back to Earth to make clear that hey, this is what we learned. We're pretty much gonna die. But and they were talking about how there's not enough time. And then like they they were talking to one of the guys for like two minutes, and he just takes the headset off and drops it. It's like. <laughs> No, keep listening. They have things to say. <laughs> they have very important things to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But I, I'll tell you what. I'm out of things to say about this film. Oh, except for the other thing. Rocket, Rocket Ship XM. It, was, uh, it stood for Rocket Ship Expedition Moon. So they were even doing that thing all the way back in 1950 where they used the X to make things look and sound a little cooler, you know. Like Rocket Ship Extreme Moon. Yeah. Even though it's not the first letter, it's the X. That's what we chose to use for the acronym. Screw you. (laughs) (laughs) This is what we're going with. So yeah, they tried to pull that stuff back then. Also, don't mess with Texas, even from space. (laughs) Don't you dare call that a speck. (laughs) He's very, very just incest about that, man. He just did not want it. (laughs) And it was funny. I was like, I am an enlightened Texan, but you better not say that garbage to anybody else. You're not making a good case for your people, man. (laughs) (laughs) One thing I will say for this, though, it did not scratch my itch. And I recognize this is, you know, the Vanguard doesn't always do as well as what comes behind it. It almost never does. Mm -hmm. But it really did make me want to watch a lot more old sci-fi. Yeah, I was kind of getting that feeling, too, as I was watching the film. Like, I would like to see some more examples of, you know, well thought out, a little bit more progressive sci-fi than this, to see, you know, at least how, how it progressed throughout the history of the genre. Well, and I'm going to I'm gonna do some looking on my own, but I, I'm going to throw this out there for the listeners because I really don't know where to look. When the Sci-Fi Channel first came out, I'm a nerd. <laughs> and Are you? My Dad is a really weird nerd in all sorts of crazy weird ways, and I'm not even going to get into that right now. All right. <laughs> but the Sci-Fi Channel, when it came out, I'm just going to throw this out there. I didn't look it up, but I want to say it was like maybe 1992, 93, 94, somewhere around there. They had a countdown to when the channel came out, and it was just like 
it was just a countdown, nothing exciting, but we had that on TV <laughs> almost all the time. Nice. It was ridiculous. And they showed old classic sci-fi regularly, partly because it was cheap and partly because it was there. And I love catching up on all that stuff that was way before my time. And they don't really do that anymore and i don't so i don't know where to look for a lot of the sci-fi so if anyone out there listening says hey there's this cool website that collects it or hey there's this channel it's only three dollars a month subscription or this or that if you know of where to get old sci-fi hit me up because i want it nice can't wait to see that so yeah if you folks do have any suggestions for dave please tweet us email us get on the facebook page let us know your thoughts what are some good classic Sci-fi films from that era that you would recommend to folks, because we would love to hear about it. So you mentioned Valerian, which is coming out about a month and a half from now. I want to say it's July 27th or so. Yeah. Was there anything else that specifically that you wanted to recommend as an alternative to this? You know, I, I did bring up... <laughs> I did bring up... Oh, God, I forgot the name of the movie already. Mars. I, I did bring up Mars Attacks earlier. Mm-hmm. And for me... That's just kind of like a guilty pleasure. I liked watching that movie. As far as like sci-fi films that kind of scratch that similar itch, no, man, I got to say that's that's unfortunately not something that I have on on the tip of my tongue. Yes, I'm looking forward to those suggestions that you're going to be getting to. <laughs> and hopefully we can get some, especially for ones who have a little bit more time and a little bit more sleep. Definitely. Yeah, that's the other thing, too. I can blame it on the lack of sleep. Mm-hmm. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> This man has been sleeping like three, four hours a night. Yeah, it's he. The what he goes through to bring you cast today is amazing, <laughs> and slightly worrisome. Just the just a, just a touch. Oh, the Blob. <laughs> yeah, dude. Okay, if we're talking sci-fi films, the Blob was dope from 1958. I have just not seen that one. Don't eat and watch it because, like, the effects on there are really just they'll make your stomach turn a little bit. <laughs> well, I will I will add that to my list. Yeah, that's worth checking out. And now I want to play a boy in this blob. <laughs> Where you feed the blob jelly beans to turn into useful objects? Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> y- y- you know, if if they're bringing back all sorts of old franchises, why not a boy in this blob? Yeah, make it happen. <laughs> make it free and we'll play it for the show. <laughs> So I guess at this point we should tell folks about what we're going to be watching in the next episode, which is a wonderful film called Swamp Ape. Be afraid. Be very, very afraid. (laughs) Now, Swamp Ape is available on Amazon Prime Video. It's brand new, so uh, I doubt that we'll encounter that same issue of it fading away too quickly here. It it just came out this year. The description says that it is a group of college researchers who go camping deep into the Florida Everglades while entering forbidden Native American territory against being advised not to. The group encounters the Swamp Ape. Rated PG-13. I'm just imagining all the ways this can go wrong. Oh, yeah. It's going to be awful. And I'm excited. I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be awful, but hopefully folks will be entertained by our pain. I'm sure we'll have plenty to draw from next episode. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, everybody, for joining in. We will catch you next time with some Swamp Ape. And be sure to tune in as well for Since Last We Spoke. Yeah. Oh, also, one more thing. Be sure to check out the upcoming Geek Show. Dolores and I are going to be doing a live segment on the Geek Show, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I am excited. I'm not excited for all the uh, comestibles, but Mm. I'm excited. (laughs) 
<laughs> be ready, folks. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> so thanks for listening, folks. We surely had a time, and we hope you had a good time hearing us have a time. I'm Matt Peters. And I'm Dave Martin. Got to get better than this. It's got to be better next time. That too. (laughs) (laughs) See you, folks. So uh, if you had to say there's one thing from E3 that you really, really want, what would you have as your one pick? Uh, the big silent room that Sony had at their press conference. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was like, stop showing that. Right. I mean, you don't have to do that camera angle. <laughs> it was just a room full of disenfranchised reporters who were already tweeting out their displeasure about the conference before it even really got in the full swing. I'm like, man. Well, and there was one scene where like they actually did have people looked smiling and interested. Mm-hmm. And then they cut back slightly further, and it was just people who were enveloped in smoke from yeah. the smoke machines up front. It was like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> yeah, they must be uh, enjoying themselves a little bit too much there. <laughs> yeah, the Insomniac Spider-Man game is pretty much what I'm holding on for. My my one worry about Spider-Man, it looked amazing. I mm-hmm. guess two worries. But one is that was clearly very scripted. Yeah. And yeah. the other thing is, I am just not a big fan of quick time events. And with Spider-Man, you kind of have to because I mean, there's co- I'm sure there'll be cool open world swing around stuff like Spider-Man Two. Right. Was one of my favorite games ever. But certain scenes, if you want big action scenes, I get that a controller is just not powerful enough to do what you'd have to do. So you have to do quick time events, I guess. But it's not my favorite thing about games. Yeah. Same here. Um, but it looked like the majority of the games that they were uh, touting uh, were built around quick time events. You know, if I see one more reticle close around the letter X <laughs> or square, <laughs> you know, I've, I've seen enough, man. Hi, everyone. I'm Chris. I'm Aaron. And I'm Jamie. And this, this is Panels on Channels, a weekly roundup podcast show where we discuss your favorite comic book TV shows. Yep, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, and Kissin'. We sure do love talking about who smooches on these shows. No, that's just Aaron. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, search for Panels on Channels on your favorite podcatcher to find us and subscribe. New episodes every Monday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>